entitled moving forward that's right today's title is moving forward I want to read to you from the book of Philippians chapter 3 verses 1 to 14 this is our scripture text today and I'm reading from the new messianic version my new favorite version so excuse me so it might read a little different from yours. So it reads, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you. To me, indeed, it's not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision, which serve in the Spirit of God, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think that he has wealth, he might trust in the flesh. I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I counted loss for Christ. Yes, doubtless, and I count all things, but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, by faith. I'm sorry, which is, which is through the faith of the righteousness, which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as men as be perfect, be thus minded, and if in anything you be otherwise minded, God the Father shall reveal even this unto you. Amen. The reading of God's word is already blessed. Yes, a very lengthy read as we get into it today. What a wonderful discourse from the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians. Oh, sorry, the Philippians, sorry. 
All right, what a wonderful discourse. It's so encouraging. Whenever I read it, it, it encourages me and it, and I believe it should encourage every believer because I believe ultimately this should be what we're striving for. To know that we've not only found out what the will of God for our life is, but we have walked in it and come to the fulfillment of it till until we can basically stare death in the face. That we can e that we can eventually see it as the transition that it is to our reward that we will be willing to ultimately move forward but before we get to that there are so many other things that we've got to do because i believe we all are works in progress and the apostle at this point in his life had fully exhausted his ministry beyond his writings and what he had experienced in the spirit he was truly someone that I believe we all can admire so we're moving forward and if, if there's one thing that we're familiar with is the term New Year's resolutions right and the truth is my opinion is there's nothing wrong with them it shows that you have a plan Benjamin Franklin said if you fail to plan you plan to fail planning I don't believe is our problem I believe our problem is discipline although like I said I have no problem with New Year's resolutions I actually think that they in some way show initiative they show us taking the initiative to plan and for any of us that have tried planning anything the success rate is so much higher when you plan something out and compared to when you just half-heartedly say well I'll do it when I get to it and so on and so forth planning is powerful it actually helps you to take control and take the reins of a situation and walk into it prepared but like I said I don't believe planning is our problem I believe our problem is discipline when you consider the whole New Year's resolution thing for example quite often we start the year and we say well I'm gonna do this that and the next and we're zealous or excited because it's a new chapter it's a new beginning and probably a month or so through the year we find ourselves reneging on the promises that we made and it's not because we don't still desire to have those things that we uh, were so ambitious about on December 31st. It's just that now we have encountered that word that begins with W and it's four letters and we realize that yes, 
It's gonna take work, it's gonna take effort and commitment. So we arrive at the crossroads of discipline and we understand at that point in time that if we if we're not committed if we don't say some no's if we don't say some yeses our goals will never be in sight you know so discipline is the is the crucial thing here in moving forward because the truth is you're trying to have a year you're trying to have a life that was different from last year. You're, you're trying to make a change. You're trying to go in a new direction because change is inevitable. And I believe that's one of the greatest disciplines we can allow our minds to receive. Change is inevitable. It is the process of time seasons change so you know the word of God says as long as the earth remains there will be seed time and harvest and we all know that seed time and harvest are two different times of the year so we know that it's important to allow the process to ensue but I believe in order for discipline to really take off in order for us to really allow discipline to have a foothold I believe a couple of things we've got to do and I believe the first of all we, we must identify what we're leaving behind and I want to use some of my personal testimonies to kind of gauge where I'm going with this now, I remember when I, when the Lord told me that it was time to move on from the first assembly that I served at. You know, I, I, I left and, but you know, I remember the apprehension because the truth was I had never, of course, this was the first time I had left an assembly and you know of the believers those of you wonder what I'm talking about uh, so it wasn't an easy transition for me because of course there was the stigma that is placed on anyone that leaves a church first and foremost I've always believed through experience that it is it is uh, frowned upon. It is not something people welcome or encourage. You know, people kind of look at you sideways when they heard that you're leaving a church, about to leave a church. You know, it's, it's not something people really celebrate. So I'm dealing with all of this, processing all of this. But at the same time, I know what God has said to me. So I looked at what I had, you know, because we're identifying what we're leaving behind. I had my home that had been my home from the very inception. At this point, I had been saved, uh, what, 
some 14, 15 years at this point, and now I guess you can say I'm like this 15 year old baby in church numbers now, of course. Uh, and I'm leaving home for the unknown because the, the truth was at this point, all I had. It's funny, I was just talking to my wife about this. All I had was a picture of the church. I have never set foot in this church. All I had at this point was a picture of the church. The pastor I had encountered about two times. And, um, you know, that was it. We never, me and this pastor never dialogued beyond, hey, how you doing? God bless you. That's, a, that's about it. So I knew nothing about where I was going. And some may say, well, that's an uneducated move. Well, hey, I'm just following what I've seen played out in the scripture. And, and hey, I believe I'm in good company. When God called Abraham out of the land of the Chaldeans, he said, go to a place I'm going to show you. So at least... I had more information than Abraham did, but anyhow, you know, so I acted on that. And when I got there, long story short, God began to speak to me even more. And he began to see me, oh, sorry, he, sorry, he began to show me where I was needed in this new assembly. And I applied myself. And I'm saying that to say that God gives us enough information at times to move forward and quite often the rest is by faith because we walk by faith and not by sight take abraham's story for example and take mine what i got was just enough to get me moving the rest that is going to come is going to come when we move and somebody needs to hear this today because quite often we want to go to God. We want God to just lay out the whole shebang and give us the whole agenda, the, the time period. But it doesn't work like that because if it does, then it's not by faith because you want to see it so you can believe it. But we've got to believe it so we can see it. Wow, that could preach. So, you know, I, I left behind some things. I left behind friends. I forged relationships in that setting. You know, I had to leave a piece of me in that place. You know, that wasn't easy. You know, that, that really wasn't easy. But I, I had to leave that behind so that I can reach, so that, sorry, so that I can reach for what God had ahead of me. Okay, so, so I left that, sorry. And then there was the first job that I left. It's ironic, it's kind of comical to me right now, but I can't say why. And you know, that wasn't easy either because this was my first job right out of high school. I was there for eight years and now, bang. An opportunity came as a result of me pursuing one by faith. And once again, didn't know anything about the place. 
the opportunity just came to me and only God and my wife knew that I was looking for one. So I left that. And in leaving my first job, what did I leave behind? Friends, relationships that I forged in this, in this setting. I had to leave a piece of me in that place because I was, like I said, I was there for eight years. But nonetheless, I moved forward because I believed God and I believe he had a plan for my life. So in, in acknowledging all of that, in order to get what's in your future, you've got to often leave what's in your past. So with that acknowledgement, the question is, what are you prepared to pay? Luke chapter 14 verses 28 to 31 says, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counted the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulted whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him? with 20,000. So the question is, even as the scripture acknowledges counting the cost, we've got to honestly take some introspection and look internally and say, look here, am I willing to pay what it costs to move forward into my destiny? We've got to ask ourselves, what are we prepared to pay? Because ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to pay something. Destiny sounds great and grand and rewarding, but it costs. You're going to have to lose some things. You're going to have to lose some friends. You're going to have to lose sometimes some family. You are going to lose some things, some valuable things, but you gain so much more and let's look at some some biblical history let's look at paul what did paul leave behind you know we began talking about him let's continue what did paul leave behind first of all circumcision according to what we read in philippians chapter 3 circumcision was one of the one of those things he had faith in god not the flesh and that's important because you know a transition that happened by the time paul comes on the scene the law has been now fulfilled with grace so paul understood that his confidence now being a doctor of the law he understood now that his confidence had to be solely in the word of God and in his God and not his um, scholastic achievements and himself and that's powerful because we come to a point that after we've lived so long we we sometimes narrow down our safe place to primarily ourselves we trust ourselves more than we trust anything outside of us i mean the average um 
free thinker does. But now Paul is, he understands that a new testament is has been enacted by the blood of Jesus. And he understands that to press into that, he can trust in what what's happened in his flesh, but what happened in the flesh of the Christ by the Spirit of God. What else did he leave behind? Accolades. He was a doctor of the law. What else? Nationality. He was called to the Gentiles. He was a Jew that was now taking on a ministry centered around Gentiles. You know how much people looked at him. First of all, he was persecuting the Jews. Now you want to move from among the Jews and you want to embrace another set of people. So that, that was an, I don't believe many received that gleefully. You know, there, there were people that had their opposition, I'm sure, but he nonetheless pressed into it. He left behind his religion. Paul practiced Judaism. And he because he was a doctor of the law, he knew the law. A student of Gamaliel, he, he was no spring chicken. Paul was an educated man. But he understood now that there were people of the way that had so much saturated his first century church. And he understood. It took a, a, a lick down on Damascus, but nonetheless, we all needed Damascus road experience at times. That is what God used for him to make the transition, to make the leap. And he did that. So the question is, when you look at someone like Paul the Apostle, who many of us believers may aspire to be like, there's nothing wrong with that. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. The question is, what are you leaving behind? And I want to help you with that, you know, with this question. Are they spiritual things that you're leaving behind? Example, malice, hatred, jealousy, envy, offense. You know, th these baggages, works of the flesh, need not journey with you on this road that you're taking toward your destiny. Because these sins and weights will cause you to miss what God is doing in this next chapter in your life. Are they physical things, job, relationship, church assembly, business, house? And, and you know, we, we as pilgrims, although God is blessing us and has blessed us while we're here, we should not or ever allow our blessings to have us so tied to this earth that we're not prepared to go to the next level. We've got to make a choice between God and mammon. I believe it has to be a conscious choice every day of our lives because if our Lord Jesus was tempted, we will be tempted. We will be tested with the things that we hold dear to our hearts. And it could be any one of those spiritual or physical things. And we've got to be prepared to lay them down for the cause of Christ. So to the, to the naysayers, 
ask them what you left what have you left behind lately you know there are people that look at you and your your forward movement and your desire to move forward and they're saying man you won't make it you last i give you five years i give you five days you don't have what it takes there are many naysayers that will try to combat your destiny with their negative words but ask them what have you left behind lately because it's quite uh, you know it's it's easy to look at people and you know try to dethrone them or to bring them down to your level because misery loves company oftentimes people that aren't going anywhere desire for you to be there with them so the fact that you desire to 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 uh, not only plummet but plunge into the will of God for your life and your destiny that can be off-putting to someone that is complacent and procrastinating so ask the naysayers what have you left behind lately Paul said he counts everything as dung. What is dung? Fertilizer. To be cute, to, for a cute word, let's say fertilizer. He said he counts everything as dung. I want you to understand his Judaism background, his doctorates, uh, everything, his citizenship, all of that is dung. He counts it as the fertilizer to his eventual growth and forward movement in God. I wonder if you understand this. There are many of you listening that have accomplished many things and will accomplish many things, but I'm here to tell somebody that what you have accomplished by the grace of God is just the fertilizer. It's just the dome for what God is getting ready to do with you moving forward and I use the key phrase with you moving forward because you've got to move forward to see what God will do you know we all want what's before us but we really don't want to give up anything and that's the truth if, if you left it up to us we would keep all of our baggage because there's some things we've grown accustomed to we felt fell in love with we fall in love with so many things, even the things that are contrary to God and contrary to our growth in Him. We want to hold on to those things. But I'm so thankful for the spirit of truth that will tell us the truth and tell us, hey, the, you, you got to get rid of that. This, the, the expiration date has expired on that. And if you continue to drink that, if you continue to consume that, it's going to kill you. We all want what's before us, but we really don't want to give up anything. I believe that's one of the greatest truths we've got to accept. Abraham had to give up his son. Now, you got to look at the story as a whole. Abraham, truth be told, was not a stranger to human sacrifice. If you study the Chaldeans, they worship one of the gods they worship was, was, sorry, was the sun god. The sun god required human sacrifice and I'm sure Abraham and his people did a lot of it 
But now he was faced with a dilemma because now this is the son of promise, his only son, because Ishmael, you know, was not the promised son. This was the only son of promise that God acknowledged as the son of promise. And now God is saying, sacrifice him. But what God was actually saying is, I see what you've done for the world. I see, I see what you've done for the, for the son, God. What are you going to do for me? So, in other words, Abraham had to give back to God what he had given to him. Isn't that just like God? He only expects a return on his investment, like any good businessman would. And guess what? Abraham gave up his son, and in giving up his son, he gained so much. He is known as the father of many nations children like sand of the seashore and the stars of heaven but it started with him giving up his son it was only a test for Abraham if you read Genesis 22 like I said you would see God had already prepared a ram in the thicket and we knew that and we know because of this as Abraham said when his son asked when well, the son said, Father, I see the wood, I see the I see the stones, I see everything. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham prophet, prophetically said, God will prepare himself a sacrifice. He prophesied that Jesus would eventually be the lamb. We accept that as prophecy. While also prophesying by faith that God would prepare a sacrifice for his son Isaac and there was a ram because God always has a ram in the thicket but in order for us to move forward to that ram we've got to move forward with our sacrifice God has his sacrifice do you have yours God asked Abraham for what he was used to offering to the Chaldean God So God knows your track record. You know, we give so much to the job, the family, and even to the assembly, the church, the church of the living God. But what do we, or, or what are we prepared to give to God? And you may look at this and, or listen to this and say, well, minister isn't giving to the church of God and giving to God synonymous not really because there are a lot of people that give to the church the organization the establishment but they're not giving much or anything to their relationship with god in other words it's just religion for them there's no relationship so you can fool me with that but god has taken into account whether or not you've moved forward into his pavilion in his secret place so what the question is even as i begin to wrap this up what are you willing to give up are you willing to give up sin for the word of god declares for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god but the gift of god We've got to understand now. Sin has 
wages. We, we probably never really considered that. Living a life of sin guarantees you death. When Jesus Christ is offering life and that more abundantly, it's the gift of God. And it's through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so you may be listening to this and you've probably been on the religion tip. In other words, you've been going to church, giving offering, giving whatever. But you haven't given your heart to God. And I'm here to tell somebody that God is more interested in your heart than anything else. As a matter of fact, God prefers your heart and then everything else will flow from that place. If that makes sense to you. The primary thing is a relationship with God. That's what matters. Moving forward from wherever you are, where, whatever position, at whatever time of year you hear this message, it's not. This is not just or is or isn't a New Year's resolution message. But this is a life message. In order to get what's before you, you've got to leave what's behind you. So I challenge you today, it's time to move forward. But I can certainly guarantee attempting to move forward without Jesus is going backwards. So I want to encourage you, let's move forward in Him because God has a blessing with your name on it. Blessings on you.